Nothing But Net NBA podcast. Featuring Jamie, Mike, and Steve. And we are live from the Nothing But Net podcast. I'm your host, S. Dot. The NBA playoffs continues to deliver drama in the NBA. We are two games into every series, and all the game twos feel like they had some sort of drama. Mike, what is going on, my guy? Not too much. Uh, Yeah, just in the last time since we've recorded, only a couple days ago, there's been a lot going on, obviously, on the court. Um, Twitter is pretty active now with, with one player as of some recent events uh yeah drama always happening in the nba and the the playoffs uh continue that theme here jamie what's going on my guy how we doing fellas um playoff basketball is in order some good games to watch and also one frustrating game to watch in particular um you know all the top seeds won um they're game twos respectively so you know it's back to normal some would say um Ready to get into it. Yeah, the, you know, when a home team loses the first game, they typically come back and bounce back in the game twos, and I believe everyone did bounce back. So we have a lot of 1-1 series, and we also have a couple 2-0 series, as we will get into. But before we start rolling into that, fellas, let's get into these awards that have started to leak out a little. Well, not leak out, but starting to come out, I should say. Jaron Jackson Jr., Defensive Player of the Year. De'Aaron Fox, Clutch Player of the Year. Mike Brown, the first unanimous unanimous coach of the year, followed up by the latest Sixth Man of the Year, going to Malcolm Brogdon. Mike, this was pretty chalk. We got most of these right. All right. So we obviously agree with them, but let's talk about the one that was kind of a surprise to us today in Malcolm Brogdon winning Sixth Man of the Year. Are you upset about it? Um, are you okay with it? And um, do you think Emmanuel quickly got robbed? I'm definitely okay with it. I think Malcolm Brogdon has quietly, I feel like maybe not enough people realize how well of a year Malcolm Brogdon has had. Um, so I'm definitely okay with him winning the award. Uh, so, I want to say several weeks ago at this time, probably longer. He started kind of hearing his name circulate in the six man of the year conversation a little more. Um, I think we are all pretty confident that this was Emmanuel Quickly's award to lose. And yeah, he ended up not getting it. I wouldn't say he got robbed. Um, like I said, I just don't think enough people realize how well Malcolm Brogdon has played all year. And probably when you break it down to the analytics, that'll show it. I know he's been an elite shooter from three-point range for the Celtics coming off the bench. So um, credit to him. But, you know, obviously IQ had a great year as well. It was a trade that happened in the offseason, Jamie, that everyone felt like was a perfect fit for the Boston Celtics with Malcolm Brogdon. Um, what are your thoughts on him would becoming the new sixth man of the year? And is it weird that this is kind of the first year where we didn't have like this guy that like really dominated off the bench? Um, guys that come to mind like Lou, Lou, Lou Will. Jeez, can't say his name. Lou Will, Jamal Crawford, and those kind of guys. We didn't have one of those this year, Jamie. Um, is that shocking to you? And how do you feel about Malcolm Brogdon being sixth man of the year? Yeah, I mean, Malcolm Brogdon knew, I mean, he could be a starter on a lot of teams and he knew what his role was going to be. And he took it and ran with it. And um, he did his damn job this year. Um, he deserves the award. Um, little thing about quickly. I think a lot of games, I don't know exactly how the statistics work on this, but or voting works. Like a lot of the games that he actually went off, he was actually started in. So I'm I'd, anxious to see like how that necessarily works. Um, and yeah, there. I guess you could say there's no like star six man this year, and I don't know why that may be. Maybe because um, players are missing a lot more time than usual. Um, little sitting out here and there. Um, which you probably don't want to get into. But, um, you know, yeah, props to Mal- Malcolm Brogdon. Props to De'Aaron Fox. He deserved his award as well. He's been the best fourth-quarter player pretty much all year long. And Mike Brown deserves Coach of the Year. Yeah, unanimously, too. Um, kind of felt that was coming. He was clearly – he's clearly changed the direction of the Kings franchise. So 
it's good to see a story like that um, was with Cleveland, went to the finals, uh, goes to, you know, has a couple of other stops, but goes to Golden State, becomes this assistant and uh, first year on his own team, his new staff. Um, did you guys see the video of Mike Brown before the season running sprints with his teams? That was, uh, I love that video. That was a great video. Yeah. Were you surprised that Taylor Jenkins didn't get any votes? No. No, I said uh, Taylor Jenkins. If Taylor Jenkins would have had the one seed, I think it's a whole different story. Um, but you know, they're I the doubt two it. Seed. Though, still. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was the Kings said they were. Nobody thought they'd be where they are. Yeah, but the Grizzlies also had time missed from their three best players um, all throughout yeah. the year. Jaron Jackson missed the start of the year. Desmond Bain missed the uh, November, December, and then Job missed the February, March. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing it, you can't go wrong with either one of those guys. Uh, not really that shocked though. Let's roll into the uh, playoff series though. As a whole, we're gonna start at the top here with the Sacramento Kings and the Golden State Warriors. And before we get into the Draymond stuff, guys, we need to stop and talk about the Sacramento Kings, the team that is actually up two to zero, the team that might end a dynasty, a team that everyone wanted to face as the sixth seed. And here they are up 2-0, Jamie. Are you surprised by this? And do you think they can actually still win this series? You did predict them to win in six. Um, I don't know if I'm surprised. Um, maybe, you know, no, nah, I'm not surprised because the Golden State Warriors have been awful on the road all year long. And this, you know, this is kind of supposed to happen. Um, the Kings are supposed to take care of business at home. And the Warriors, um, although are really, really good at home, they need to win one game on the road. And although it wasn't the first two, maybe it can be later in the series. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's going to be, it's a seven-game series for a reason. These two games in Golden State are going to be tough. The Warriors are favored by six tonight without Draymond Green. So that's obviously where Vegas' mind is thinking. Mike, what are your thoughts on the Kings in the series? Yeah, I think clearly with, you know, like you said, all the Draymond stuff going on, we can't, I shouldn't take that much away from the limelight of what the Kings have, you know, done in this series so far. And, I, and I'm first to admit that I've, you know, proven wrong quite handily here and, and that the Kings deserve their flowers. They've come out, got the job done at home, which they needed to do. And, you know, as a higher seed, that's what you're expected to do doesn't matter who you're playing if it's the defending champs or not if you're the higher seed and you got home court advantage you know you're expected to win so um you know props to them for going out and doing that this is the golden state warriors though um clearly they're a very experienced team a seasoned team in the playoffs this is a, some new territory for them being down 0-2 but when you have steph curry um and again in the system that they have you really can never count them out. So uh, I still expect them to make this a pretty interesting series. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, they have that championship mentality where they're always going to have that and they know how to respond to adversity. We haven't seen the Kings in adversity in a playoff series due to the fact they obviously haven't been here. So if Golden State wins these next two, it feels like game five is a pretty good spot for the Golden State Warriors to win as the Kings face their first adversity in the playoff series. Uh, and, you know, new teams who fa have that first uh, adversity test in the playoffs typically don't do well, especially against well-battle-tested um, teams. Um, so tonight really feels like the night for the Kings if they're going to do this. They really need to do this while Draymond's out, get this 3-0 lead, uh, get two chance at home to close it. Um but let's roll into the Draymond incident. I'm going to start here with you, Mike. What were your thoughts? We obviously have saw the clips. Um, Draymond, or yeah, Draymond goes to run. Uh, Sabonis is laying on the ground. Appears to hook his foot. Draymond steps to some, I would say, stomp. It looked a little egregious to me. But, um, yeah, I mean, he stomps on Sabonis. And then, obviously, Draymond gets ejected. Sabonis does not. Mike, what are your thoughts on yeah, I mean, before I hop into it, let me kind of just get your guys' thoughts like real quick here. Do you do you guys believe at all Sabonis was trying to defend him, like trying to block his face, kind of defend his face at all, and and like it was kind of a weird freak accident? No, I guess? no, 
Jamie, you buy that at all? No, not a chance. He pulled he pulled Clay down before he even grabs uh, Draymond's leg, so he was looking for something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I, it was it was weird. I, I for when I was watching the replays, there was a moment in time where I thought, okay, like it does look like he's going to protect his face, but then the fact that he kind of does just lock Dre's leg in there and holds it. Yeah, I don't know if you're fooling everybody with that, but how do I feel about the suspension? I mean, Draymond definitely did uh, kind of extend this a bit. His actions were definitely a little more extensive. So I almost think that in itself may be worthy of a suspension, but if you are not suspending or uh, Sabonis doesn't get any further consequence, Nothing happens to him, and then Draymond gets suspended. It just is a bad look, and that's the part I really don't like about this. I think either both guys get nothing here, or um, you both guys get nothing, or you have to suspend them both. But it, it's tough to say that when you have the track record that Draymond has, and he is—I mean, it is a pretty you know lengthy track record of him making plays like that. So it, it's such a weird and unique scenario but he doesn't put himself in a good position just real quick do you think his past should determine this whether he whether he is suspended tonight or not um i think when you weigh in on that his past comes into play like do you think this had a lot of malicious intent let's look back at it i I think i think the the scope and the lens that the NBA and the league looks through is, is tainted because of his history. So I guess. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with a lot. Yeah, no, I do. I do. Uh, no, but I know I agree with a lot of your points. Um, I I've said that as well. Like Sabonis should have gotten something, either he got ejected or he got suspended with Draymond. Um, at least one or the other, right? Like I to say he had no role in any of this was kind of surprising to me. Jamie, do you think Draymond Green's pass should come into play whether he got suspended or not for the incident? And what are your thoughts on the whole suspension incident type situation? I mean, he wouldn't have been suspended if he wasn't Draymond Green. And I think you have to you have to bring up past incidences or I I mean you don't have to, but that's what the league does. They bring up past um because there's so few that have a past to bring it to. Like, that's why Sabonis probably didn't get suspended. He doesn't have a past of being, you know, an instigator or the stuff that Draymond does. I mean, Draymond, four or five times now he's been suspended. I mean, he might have cost him a championship. Um, The whole incident to me, um, I think is too overblown, but that's because Draymond is who Draymond is. Also, another reason why I think he was suspended was because of the after he gets ejected, you know, he's running, you know, Draymond's doing the Draymond stuff around the arena with the fans after the game just shows absolutely zero remorse. Um, obviously, he felt Curry. like it. Was, sorry, go ahead, Mike. No, I just said that. Yeah, that doesn't help. No. And Adam, like he, Adam Silver was in attendance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, you know, <laughs> it's just it's. I don't know. Just one of those things. It's Draymond Green. It seems like these things happen more often than not. Um, he clearly puts himself in tight situations. Uh, this is just another example of that. But is there anything else in this series you guys want to talk about? Um, and if not, then I would do want to see if our predictions have changed in this series and what you would take as a prediction in this series now that the Kings are up 2-0. I'll start here with you, Jim. Do you have anything else you want to mention? If not, give me your prediction for the rest of the series. Um, hmm, that's tough. Uh, I think the Kings are going to, um, still win in six, um, stick with the prediction. Um, the Warriors are who the Warriors are, but they just don't look, I mean, 20 turnovers is 22 many. Yeah. I mean, that's how they play basketball. It's a little, it's a little play yard style, right? Like they take these crazy threes, they throw some crazy passes, but with all of that comes turnovers at times where it gets a pretty lackadaisical, uh, Mike, any other Thoughts on this kind of in the series? If not, what's your most recent prediction for the series? I mean, it's it's hard not to go with the Kings, but I'm gonna 
try and stick to the guns here. Um, I don't want to just completely uh, jump ship. I will go. I'll go Warriors. I think I had Warriors in six. I'll go back to Warriors in seven now. And I don't feel great about it, to be honest with you. The number that I just kind of want to talk about before we leave this series, um, if you had to guess who the second uh, worst plus minus on average in the first two games for the Golden State Warriors was, who do you think it would be? Mike, give me one guess. Player, you're saying second? Yeah, player-wise. Second worst average minus uh, plus minus in the first two games. I might go Steph. Jamie? Clay. Clay Thompson. Steph actually leads the Warriors. He's been the one, like he's been the he's been the only shining spot for the Warriors. But Clay Thompson is at minus 12 and a half. Um, that's a huge concern. The Golden State Warriors need Clay to be who who we know Clay can be, especially in these moments. Um, I'm sticking with the Warriors in six. I think teams get down 2-0, and uh, we have this overreaction because they lost two road games in the first two games. Um, we saw it with Kawhi Leonard in Toronto. We have saw it with Giannis in Milwaukee. Uh, they've gotten down 2-0. They come back, win the next four. Um, and those are those were two championship teams. So I think this Golden State Warriors team can do that. And I'm, I'm going to get a lot of flack for this if you know the Kings win this series. And I, I deserve it. But I just think this Golden State Warriors team is too deep. not to or They're too battle-tested not to figure this out. Um, I just think they're a better team than the Kings. I know that's crazy, but Steph has been phenomenal. I just don't expect Clay to uh, continue to be as kind of disappointing this series as he's been so far. I think once we get back to Golden State, it's not that far-fetched to see them win two games at home, uh, bringing a lot of mo- momentum and putting the Kings' backs on the walls where they have to win this game five. Because you can't go down 3-2 back to Golden State, um, especially when you've lost the last three games. Um, but that's my final point. Uh, are we good on this series? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's roll into the Cavs and the Knicks. What a crazy game, too, Jamie. My guy, Darius Garland, baby. Um, mm-hmm. I've been a huge Darius Garland guy. Finally shows out. Um, got called out for not taking a shot in the fourth quarter. My guy, he took enough shots that night. What were your thoughts on the performance from Darius Garland? I'm glad he listened because, I mean, somebody had to tell him. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the Cavs got punched in the mouth, and in game two, they punched back, but harder, uh, plain and simple. Darius Garland went off in the first half, um, did what what was needed out of him. Um, Donovan Mitchell had a bunch of assists and was basically orchestrating the offense for a while, like telling people where to go. Um, You know, it was a – the Knicks wanted no part of the Cavs in this game, and – Quick, quick point on Tibbs leaving Randall in with two minutes left. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's going to be a talking point. What um, are we I doing? Actually, <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, Randall was hurt going into the playoffs, so he already had a bad ankle. And well, I know that, people. That are, aside, right? And then you just add that. That's. And we know, we remember the incident in Chicago. Mike, I don't want to touch a soft spot here, but like this is how something else happened in the past where he lost uh, an MVP in the playoffs because of this. Um, wow. Sometimes you just gotta. You think you you think you would learn, but this is just kind of who Thibs is. He's a hard headed guy, and, but he believed in. And I, it's not a dirty play by Jared Allen. Like I don't understand why people thought it's, it, he was right. Like he was mic'd up. He said it was a hustle play. I I agreed with him. Mike, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I mean, I I agree. Well, first, just with Jared Allen play. I mean, people, we can see a malicious act versus a non malicious act. And if you watch basketball enough. If if you know, you know. Um, so I have no I have no qualms with that. But like we said it here, there's it's the playoffs. You battle. I get it. You fight till the end of um, till the, the last buzzer. I get all that. But at some point, you gotta you know look ahead when the game's lost. Like yeah, it, it's probably okay to maybe rest your guys or or just keep them safe at the end of the game. And yeah, I mean you said it, Steve. Derrick Rose soul crushing that moment that whole <laughs> series of events soul crushing i mean it soul is crushing. changed the course of league history it really did um i i don't know to me yeah you don't really need to be playing these guys right at the end when there's you know not a lot of uh point in it and they mentioned that on the broadcast too i, I, don't, I don't know if reggie miller was covering that game or not i forget 
Um, but they him, yep. Yeah, they, they mentioned Derrick Rose right on the spot. And yeah, not good. No need for it. Keep your, your stars healthy. And just your quick thoughts on the play of Darius Garland in game two. Yeah, I mean, incredible. I mean, Steve, you've been on him. You're right. Um, been a huge fan of him. And then since you've kind of spoken him into existence of and kind of, I guess, you know, brought him to light in my eyes, too. I've been a big fan of his as well. And he stepped up where he needed to. Um, and he's capable of that. This wasn't like a fluke performance. This wasn't, you know, like a, what do I want to say, Grant Williams hitting however many threes he hit in the game last year. Darius Garland is that caliber of player. Just needs to be consistent with it. Him and uh, Donovan Mitchell just need to, you know, find that healthy balance of where they're both very productive. Yeah, last episode you talked about, do we like Donovan Mitchell taking 30 shots? I was like, I, I'm much more rather see these two both take 25 shots. And this is why I think Darius and Donovan have, they're both different kind of creators. Um, I think, you know, I think Darius is a better passer. think Donovan's probably a better scorer. But when Darius can shoot it and he's getting to his spots in the paint, in the mid-range, like he can just do a lot of different things and that can open up that that defense that doesn't want to spread out because they don't believe in the Cavs shooters. Well, Karis LeVert, as after I say he stinks about 80 times, um, finally said that uh, I'll show up for a night. And it was a big night for Karis too. I don't want to overreact to this though, right? Because if you're the Knicks, you have to be looking at this through the scope of we went to Cleveland, we split, now they got to come here. This young team has to go to this huge stage, what some people call the Mecca, which I still think is crazy, of basketball. um, Because the Knicks really haven't won nothing, but the Mecca of basketball. um, You got to feel pretty good if you're the Knicks. Like They wanted to split, they got to split, um, and now this game three, I think, the winner of game three in a series wins like 77% of the series. So it's a huge game. It's in MSG and it's a big game for the Knicks in their backyard. Mike, what are your thoughts on the Knicks in the series? Um, Jesus. I don't know. I, I like the Knicks at home. I do. Um, I like the Knicks teams, the Knicks team a lot, I like the way they've been playing. Um, I don't know, Steve, as the Cavs fan, I mean, are you, I would be nervous playing the Knicks right now. For some reason, I feel like they're a team that can just click, but if they don't, uh, it, it does boil down to Julius Randle to me. Um, Jalen Brunson's going to go out there and do what he needs to do. I have no doubt of that, but it's, it's, if Julius Randle can be productive and efficient, um, then it's really the game changer and the X factor for me. If he is, then the Knicks are a very tough team. If they're not, then I feel like we see a little more of what we did last uh, last game where it's more, I don't know, I guess they're more of a more manageable team and offense to go against. But the Cavs got the defense to go against it. Um, You asked me if I'm worried. I'm worried about the Knicks, of course, man. It's the playoffs. This is just the tense moments of the playoffs. It's a, They're a good basketball team. They really are. They're they came along in the second half. I believe I said um, around the all-star break, this team is going to get hot. Like this is going to be a tough basketball team to take out because it's a very Thibs team. Um, I think I heard someone talking today about Josh Hart and comparing him to Luel Dang and how Thibs sees him to be that kind of guy. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. And, it, you know, you you can see the trust that Thibs has in Josh Hart. Josh Hart was really good in game one, does have the ankle issue right now. It, wasn't nearly as effective in game two is what I'll say. Um, but we'll we'll have to see what his impact uh, comes in tomorrow night. Jamie, your thoughts on the Knicks in this series. <laughs> Before we get into that, um, by the way, uh, Luel Deng shout out. That's that's nice. Um, <laughs> do you still think Donovan Mitchell is a top five scorer in the NBA? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, like I said, um, the Knicks – punched him in the mouth game one and the Cavs came back and punched him back. I mean, plain and simple. I'm sure game three will be very tight. This one was not. Um, but the Cavs out-rebounded the Knicks, which I didn't think was going to happen this whole series. So that shows um, winning mentality right there. In the first 10 games of the playoffs, the team who ha- out-rebounded the other won all 10 of those. I don't know if that is still running, but I do know that was a thing. Makes um, a lot of sense. We're going, yeah, it's just all those extra possessions in a slower game. A uh, huge part of the game. Any final comments here? I mean, I, I think we're all still, I think I just, 
I think it's just going to be a punch for punch, overreaction for overreaction. Can't get too high, can't get too low. Just whatever team is the healthiest and playing better in the game seven in a game that anything can happen. I think that's what's how it's going to be decided. Yeah, Knicks are super streaky too. They they go on like the eight game win streaks and then lose five. Wasn't that them this series or this season? It felt like that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, that's so it's interesting. So let's see what what they'll have for consistency in a series. Absolutely. Let's roll into our next series, Jamie. Uh, John Morant hurts his hand, un, unavailable for game two. I think every, all, I'm guessing a ton of betters went running right to the Lakers, put their bets in. But it's the Memphis Grizzlies. It's Xavier Tillman's 24 point night. Um, it's the Memphis Grizzlies just finding a way, Jamie. Tyus Jones, I, I'm before I get to you, sorry. I'm putting some respect on Tyus Jones' names. He needs to be a starting point guard somewhere in the NBA. He he does such a good job for this team, keeps everything in order. Does he have the craziest stat lines? No, but he does everything. He makes all the little things, um, and he has super high basketball IQ, and I think that can bring you a long way. It kind of reminds me of a Fred Van Vliet situation. Jamie, what are your thoughts on the Memphis Grizzlies? What are your thoughts on the Los Angeles Lakers? And where the hell was AD last night? Yeah, um, I mean it was a it was a shit kicking from start to finish. Um, the Grizzlies came in and absolutely dominated them in every facet of the game. Um, AD might as well have stayed at, at the hotel and um, took a nap or something because, I mean, I've never seen a player that has five blocks, twelve points or thirteen points, six rebounds, and it looks like he was never even there the whole game. Like the AD we need is 30 and 13 not 13 and 6 um but yeah i mean the grizzlies they played better um no jaw um they've played good with no jaw for the last two years so that wasn't so surprising more surprising thing was the lakers just not showing up absolutely mike what were your thoughts on the game last night obviously we're going to get into this dylan brooks lebron stuff but what, what were your thoughts, Mike? I mean, Jamie, you've watched them in depth. I mean, I, we've all watched the Lakers. But do they? It, it just seems they find a way. They have an uncanny ability to find a way to make things more difficult for themselves at times. Like, I, and I think this All was, year long. This is just a perfect spot for them to go out. I mean, I don't think anybody – I mean, I'm sure there were people expecting them to go out and get like a 20-point win or something or 15, but like just go – I mean, you could still be a tight game, but you do have to come out of here with this win. I mean, no John Morant. Despite despite the Grizzlies playing well without him, this just has to be a a, a must-win without him. And yeah, get get Google Maps to find uh, Anthony Davis. That's – we said at the start of the series, which AD do you see? Well – it wasn't even a which AD. It was a no AD last night. So that's that's kind of just the Lakers mantra, it seems, right now. Yeah, it's get get put themselves in this large hole and try and make something out of it. And, Mike, you've watched this happen with the Bulls, and this is starting to become a new trend with the Lakers. This is a trend I do not like, and this is a trend that if it continues, it's going to cost them this series. Um, this, they're too good of a basketball team to put yourself in a 12-14 point hole especially on the road and then say, okay, now let's start to figure this out. Yeah. In the playoffs at that, um, where you don't even know how many extra possessions you're getting in the regular season, you know, you're getting a few extra because the game's just a little faster. It's a little looser. Guys are just more apt to make mistakes. Playoffs. It's slowed down. Guys are very locked in. Uh, you just don't see a ton of mistakes in a playoff game, especially, um, especially by a team as well coached by the Memphis Grizzlies. Tyler Jenkins is a phenomenal coach. I think he proved that again, yet again, last night. Um, and I think he has a huge part to this, uh, why they won that game last night. But Jamie, I got to go to you. I got to go to the guy that uh, I would consider is one of your favorite players, Dylan Brooks. What, what's what's the nonsense Dylan Brooks is talking? I mean, he's calling out LeBron James. Um... The best time to do it. That's why I think it's some pussy ass shit if you want to know the truth <laughs> lebron is 38 years old like yeah go 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 after lebron when he's 38 get out of here dylan brooks does his job well um he literally would we wouldn't even know who he is if it wasn't for his mouth um let's just start there um but yeah he had a decent game guarding lebron um 
for the series, LeBron is still shooting over 50% on him. Uh, it's just it's laughable. He's trying to get LeBron off his game and trying to get LeBron to get 50. If LeBron wants, he can get 50 tomorrow. Um, but that's just not what we need and what how he can contribute the best way for the Lakers to tick. And fuck Dylan Brooks. <laughs> okay, so you say he can get 50 tomorrow. I'm going to have to ask for a prediction on how many he scores in Game 3 Saturday night at 10 p.m. How many does LeBron go for, Jamie? Give me a number. Oh, they play Saturday. My bad. Um, no, I'm not I'm not saying LeBron's going to go off because I don't think that's the best recipe for the Lakers. So I'm not – I mean, he's still going to get 35, but I, I don't think he's going to go off. Mike, what number does LeBron get put on Dylan Brooks Saturday night? He's got 34. I'm okay. betting the overs on him. Which That'd is crazy that I said he's not going to go off, but he's going to get 35. But <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, I hope so. I just, again, man, I there's just moments where LeBron just doesn't have the the boost that, that oomph where he can just put his hand all over a series like we're so accustomed to seeing. Now, am I saying that's a bad thing? No, because it's not, you know, but not being able to control these three, first three or four games and then hoping that he can find these spurts in five, six, and seven just out of his greatness, uh, I think is reasonable, but it's also a tall order um, that I think he's going to have to have because I, I still think this is going to be a long series. Um, the Lakers, Lakers are okay at home, but I, I don't feel like they're one of the best home teams in the NBA. I feel like it's just the Lakers, and whatever version you get is what you get. Mike, what are your thoughts on the Dylan Brooks comments? Uh, I mean, a lot of what Jamie said is kind of similar to how I feel. Just this to me is just a guy who I don't know how, I guess, purposefully or not, has kind of made his way into that villain category. And now he's just trying to, you know, gas it up. Uh, yeah. Poking, poking LeBron, uh, poking the bear, so to speak, when he's, um, you know, this point in his career and at this age is like, yeah, like it's. Where's where's all that smoke if this was prime LeBron? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It it's did, did you see the comments saying that he wish he could play against yeah, prime LeBron? I, like, I, yeah, I, okay, brother. Like, yeah. do you, yeah, no, stop. you do it's not. Easy to say that now, dude. You do like, not right. want to play against prime LeBron. It reminds bro. me of the old like or the old like last dance. MJ saying it's easy easy to talk smack when you're up. Like, it's kind of that feeling. Like, it's easy to say that now now that he's older and he you know. Um, he's kind of past his prime, so to speak. But I, I, I fully believe that uh, LeBron is still very capable of, of going out and laying down the law on uh, Dylan Brooks here. And I, I hope he does. I hope it's not at the cost of losing them the game. You know, but LeBron's at this point in his career, if he's he can be humbled enough to only score 20 if it means winning the game versus scoring 35 and losing. I will say LeBron is very good when people start chirping at him. It was something that in 2011, when we're talking about that Dallas Mavericks series, like he had to learn how to get through that. And once he figured that out, Lance Stevenson got him out four straight years. Um, Joe Kim Noah never beat him in a playoff series. Uh, just all these LeBron guys that, you know, always chirping at him and always going at him. LeBron is very good since 2011. And I do think LeBron is capable of doing it. Um, I hope he. I just hope he's able to do it and still be able to win as we are alluding to. One last point I think that has to come up is how well Rui Hachimura has been for the Los Angeles Lakers. Something that I don't think anyone had, could have expected. He's averaging um, like 24 and a half points, which is like tied for the lead for the Lakers. Uh, just getting that kind of production out of Rui has to do give you some real hope about what this Los Angeles team can be. Uh, any final points here about the Los Angeles Lakers, Memphis Grizzlies series before we go into the next one? I'm good. Jamie? No, sir. You still got Lakers in seven, right, Jamie? Yep. Love to hear it, my guy. All right, let's roll into the Clippers and the Suns. It's a sweet series, fellas, but I was told that as long as we could rest these guys 30 games throughout oh the year, that Paul here George and Kawhi would be here. And uh, I believe Ty Lue might have just opened his flaps, too. 
uh, saying that this is why we rest our guys. And guess what, fellas? We get the update. Kawhi Leonard is out tonight with the knee sprain. Mike, this has to be the final nail in the coffin for the Los Angeles Clippers. It was not. It was just last podcast. We were here talking so much hype about Kawhi Leonard and this and that. And I get maybe some of this is out of his power, but good God, this is so, so frustrating. Um, I can't, I don't even know. Do we, do we think he has an actual injury? Do we think this is just a load management? It's the playoffs. It's a little murky water. If you're doing that Uh, to me, I don't know. In a pivotal game three, I just can't believe this is his. That knee better be virtually like falling off his leg, if you ask me. But he better not be playing another game in the season. Uh, th- that's that's what it seems like to me, especially how they've been all this smoke about. We believe we can win. We're a title team. We're just kind of we got to get to a point where we get Paul George back. Like I don't know, man. That, that's what I'm saying. This guy, <laughs> this guy better be like, I don't know, on crutches or something. Uh, I don't know. Pivotal game three in Phoenix. Or sorry. This one's yeah, this one would be wait. No, we're we're headed to La La. Land. Yeah, we're we're going to LA at home. Uh, well, geez, that's almost makes it worse <laughs> in the sense you're going back to the home crowd and you don't even have your, your main I don't know, your main star here. So I I don't know. I'm not happy with it either. Um we've talked about the importance of game threes, so it, it just doesn't sit well with me. I think what's frustrating for me with Kawhi Leonard and what really pisses me off, aside from the resting, Kawhi Leonard might be the best player in the NBA in the past month. And like just getting to see that again, just getting that back into our minds. I think so many of us forgot how good Kawhi actually was and how he was elevating this team. He played 18 of their last 21 in the regular season. They were gaining momentum to be this title contender. And they had a legitimate shot in this series if I had Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Um, But just the fact that, like, we have finally got that taste that, like, damn, this guy is that damn good. Like, he gives them a puncher's chance, maybe even without Paul George in this series. And it's just all taken from us yet again because neither one of these dudes can just stay healthy. Jamie, your thoughts on the Los Angeles Clippers and their injuries to Kawhi and Paul George? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Kawhi, he's just not used to playing, apparently, games in a row because his whole career, um, I mean, since when's the last time Kawhi Leonard has played more than 10 games in a row? In like three years? I just, like, at some point, this sitting stuff just turns the other way. And, I mean, if he's, like you said, if he misses this next game, then... There's no way he should be playing in game four because it just doesn't make sense. You got to give it your all out here. Like, what are we doing it for? Why do the Clippers have him um, if not for these moments? Why do you sit him all year for these moments? Yeah, it literally, literally does not make any sense, of, any sense to me. And I don't want this to overshadow what Devin Booker did in game two. Um, Devin Booker was absolutely phenomenal in game two. And if it wasn't for Devin Booker, this is a 2-0 series headed back to the Clippers with the Clippers in front. And I think that's an important note just because just imagine how we're feeling about tonight and how different it is and how much pressure the Suns have on, on especially Kevin Durant picking his fourth or third super team. And Imagine just them being on the ropes too while going to La La Land. And then maybe if Kawhi had to miss a game, it would be like, okay, like it, you could reason it. But um, yeah, here we are. Same story, same situation. Um, before we get off the Clippers here, just a swisher dish, Jamie. They will trade Paul George or Kawhi Leonard if they lose in the first round this offseason. Um swish but i also don't know their contract situations but i'm still gonna swish it <laughs> i believe they each have like one year into player option for the following year i think they have the same tied up contracts because uh, they came in together mike your 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 swisher dish one of these guys are traded this offseason if they lose in the first round i'm gonna say dish um you think we you think we go for year four of this where neither I, one of these guys I, have stayed healthy it kind of just feels that way i, I don't know 
I don't know. They've held on to it this long, I, I guess. It, it, they shouldn't. I hope they, they do. One of them does get traded, but I don't know. It's It's been a weird enough scenario for me just to say, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they hold on to him. It is a weird scenario because the, <laughs> it's a weird scenario, scenario for two reasons. They have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George in their primes. They've been unsuccessful with those two guys, and they've traded everything in the kitchen cabinet to get Paul George, but it was technically to get both of them. And now we're going to be, there's a chance where we're sitting at, uh, we're sitting here in a couple of years when they're kind of aging or one of these guys or two of these guys leave where their picks are being controlled by the Oklahoma city and they already have Shea. And then we're going to be like, Oh wow, this is probably one of the worst trades ever, but that's just kind of where it is with the Clippers. I mean, it is what it is. Um, it really feels like the Suns are probably huge favorites to close this thing out and uh, meet up potentially with the Denver Nuggets, which should be a fun series. But um, is there anything we want to get into here with the Suns? Uh, the Devin Booker performance obviously stands out. He, he was phenomenal. And like I said, if it's not if it's not for him, I think this is a 2-0 series tonight going into L.A. Jamie, what, were your, what are your thoughts on the Suns? Yeah, I mean, Devin Booker played like uh... – the superstar that he is um it's his team or at least that's what um he has to portray it as um kd still isn't shooting the ball great um but they still um dominated i wouldn't say dominated they dominated the second half for sure um but yeah on the clippers kawhi has been the best best player on the floor the first two games in the series I mean, even with Booker getting 38, I mean, Kawhi still had seven uh, boards, eight assists. Like, he was doing everything. And it's just, it just sucks, man. I'm sick of this Kawhi bullshit. Yeah, me too. Uh, another player, before I get to you, Mike, that we should talk about too for the Suns, Torrey Craig. He's really the unsung hero in some ways. Um, he's averaging 19 and a half a game. He's playing 29 minutes a game in the series. And he's a plus 15 uh, he's an average of a plus 15 in the first two games, Mike. What what are your kind of thoughts on the Suns? Um, are they as good as you expected and still the favorites to come out of the West, in your opinion? They're not as good as, you know, I, we were previously, I guess, assessing them at. But this is it's also unfair because we're lining up against pre uh, the regular season versus the postseason. So naturally, things are just going to become a little more difficult. Um, again, I still am going to, I don't want to back off it. I don't want to jump ship. I'm still going to lean them to come out of the West. Another one I don't like, but hopefully they get a little traction after that win. Uh, maybe having no Kawhi or yeah, no Kawhi in this game. They pick up another win. They build up some confidence, but definitely some things they need to figure out. Um, and they, they need guys to step up. Um, Obviously not having bridges, no campaign. Um, yeah, it's got to be Tory Craig. It's got to be some of these other guys to step up. Yep, and they need one. Um, just well, final point here. I just want to ask you guys, is this sustainable for Devin Booker and Kevin Durant to continue to play 44 minutes a night to, and win a championship? Jamie, I'll, t- I'll get your point here first, or your take here first. <laughs> I mean, probably not, but they don't have a choice. Um, frankly, they don't have the they don't have the resources um, to uh, accommodate that task. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree, Mike. Your thoughts, real quick. I, I literally what Jamie said. It's yeah. no, but they have to. Yeah, and we saw Kevin Durant wear out, wear down in playoff games because he had to play all these crazy minutes against the Bucks, um, and it ultimately just ran out of the gas at the end. Um, so it's it's a it's a tough task, especially when you're looking at the Denver Nuggets in the second round, and especially as as well they have played in the first round, as we're going to get into. But um, we're not going to get into that just yet. Let's roll into our next series, which we are going to talk about the 76ers and the Nets. Um, it's a 2-0 series as it stands, but the game that's going on right now looks like the 76ers may be taking a 3-0 series lead tonight, guys. Um, Joel Embiid's only averaging 23 points a game in this series, Mike. You were kind of saying if they held him into that low 20s, but that just looking like Tyrese Maxey's just been 
too good for the Nets and really been the second best score for this team. Your thoughts on the 76ers? Yeah, I think um, like what I said that my thought was that the other guys on the Sixers probably would hold their average. Uh, clearly, that's not the case. They have James Harden game one stepped up big. Uh, Tyrese Maxey game two has stepped up big or stepped up big. Uh, so, yeah, they're getting the job done. Um, I'm not surprised Clacks or geez, Embiid hasn't had the total success he uh, typically has. We we mentioned before this series kicked off Nick's, Nick Claxton's impact um, on defense. So, uh, yeah, I, I, w- I generally thought Brooklyn might get a game or two here. As I said, I think Sixers and Six, but it really doesn't look that way. Six are just kind of rolling. Absolutely. Tyrese Maxey, just been a star. I know I just said it, but um, just been so good. Uh, nice little run here from the Nets, though. Looks like it's tied with about seven minutes to go. Uh, last time I checked, it was it was a 10-point game, so it looks like the Nets just went on a nice little run. Jamie, your thoughts on the Philadelphia 76ers? I mean, Embiid, you say he only had 20. He only took 11 shots. It's uh, he's It really looks like a walk in a park walk in the park for this guy um eight free throws eight of eight um that's gonna be huge in the postseason but yeah your point Tyrese Maxey um we talked about him like early early probably one of our first few episodes um about him needing to be that second best player and although that was James Harden all year now it looks like Maxey's um taking on his role very very nicely and I mean yeah the Philly the 76ers are just a better team so it looks like yeah. they're going to sweep him. To go with to uh, to go with Tyrese Maxey too is also Tobias Harris. I I mentioned it last episode when Tobias Harris is a good basketball player for the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, he really brings this team to a new level, in my opinion. Um, is this a knock on the Nets if this happens to be a four or five game series, Mike, or is it just kind of the the lay of the land for the Nets, understanding that? They got pushed into trading Kyrie and Kevin Durant, but they have to be excited about the future of Mikel Bridges and potentially Cam Johnson if they bring him back this offseason. Yeah, no knock at all for me. I, I think this is what Jamie said in the, I think before we started the playoffs that there's not a whole lot of pressure on him. And Steve, you said it. Mikael Bridges really isn't a number one, so they're out there playing with no number one. And it showed because they're only averaging 92 and a half points per game. That's that's not a lot at all. No, and he's like kind of playing like one or at least trying to, but it's just not really who he is. And you may forget it, but this team is supposed to have Ben Simmons too, which I mean, obviously. Where is that guy? That that guy, I didn't even thought about that guy in two weeks. Where is he? Just forget about it, really. But that's my point is like. It's not even like even if you had him, you you would think if he's performing at the level that we hope he would, this is a little more competitive. But it's not like if he were even out on the floor, this doesn't even help him that much. Um, so they're they're really out there playing with a bunch of role players, and that's no knock on those guys because a lot of those dudes do that role very well. But when you don't have at least one number one, then what do you expect? Yeah, it's hard to expect. And yes, Mikel Bridges is playing well. Yes, Mikel Bridges is averaging over 25 points per game. Yes, I think he's an all-star next year. But he's also a negative 15 and a half and on average in the first two games and that's that's a pretty that's a pretty big number. Obviously, we think Philly has better starters and he's playing a lot of those minutes. Um but he's a pretty big negative. The other thing, Mike, you talked about before the series was their inability to slow teams down in the paint. Nick Claxton, negative 17 on average in the first two games. That ain't going to cut it. And, you know, they're, you know, their defense has been solid. Um, they held uh, Philly to like 94, 96 points in game two. But you, uh, you, you can't have your center uh, at a, that low um, when you're playing a playing against a Joel Embiid-led team. Excuse me there. Jamie, your final thoughts here on the Nets um, and Mikel Bridges and kind of what their future is. And do you think this is a knock on them for if this is a four or five game series? I mean, I think um, all of us had them um, winning at least one game. Um, 
So no, this isn't like a shock to me. Um, and I don't think it's a shock to the front office. Uh, honestly, once they made, I'm I don't think this is the team of the future for them. Um, they definitely need to make some moves, and there will be guys on this team that will be involved in the future. But uh, yeah, the Nets have some work to do. They uh, they've been through a lot this this year. I found this I found this out too as this game started. James Harden didn't take his first free throw in the series until game three. Whoa. Absolutely absurd. Yeah, absolutely absurd. Um, the guy That's who gets one of those line. where you're like, no, I don't believe it. Nope. Yeah, I didn't. I really <laughs> didn't believe. It. I, I I didn't whoa, believe it whoa. so much that what? I said, whoa, whoa, like, oh. that is, yeah, a crazy stat. Yeah, for a guy who shoots like eight eight times a game at the line in the playoffs, not getting there the first two games is uh, wild, especially while they're up 2-0. You'd think they would have lost one of those games. Um, but let's roll into our next series, Nuggets-Wolves. Um, I, I said it. Uh, I, I said a couple things here. You know, I kind of said I might be wrong about the Nuggets, and I am going to definitely be wrong about the Nuggets, Jamie, if Jamal Murray does what he did last night, and that was match Anthony Edwards, bucket for bucket, shot for shot. Um, wow. Bubble Jamal Murray back, Jamie? I mean, I hope so. That was uh, Last night was a show. Um, I hope you guys had your popcorn ready because they were battling it out um, shot for shot for a while there. Uh, yeah, uh, you woke up Anthony Edwards, and I think you woke up the Nuggets too. So this one might be on you, my boy. Hey, I hope I did. I would love to see him take out the Suns in the second round. I will continue cheering against Kevin Durant in every playoff series, Mike. Your thoughts on the Jamal Murray performance, though, last night? Um, Jamal Murray, good enough to be the second guy on a championship winning team, Mike? I think when you have as high as a uh, offensive efficient team as the Nuggets have, then yeah, I think he can be. Um, I that was definitely a Jamal Murray bubble performance. I see a lot of this stuff. He's back, this and that. He's he's back. We got him back. All this. I, I'm not negating that. I, just give me another game or two of of that. Maybe maybe it doesn't have to be what he did last night, but like another solid dominating performance from him before I say he's back. Um, but that was definitely a huge step in the, the direction of that. Yeah, it was, it was a phenomenal performance. And the guy that I've been also waiting to wake up. Yes. I've been waiting for Jamal Murray to wake up. I think he is the key to the ignition to make this Nuggets team go as far as they can go. They have to have him playing. I'm not saying he needs to score 40 a night, but he needs to be as effective as ever. He needs to be that good uh, for this team to continue to go. But the other guy that I've been waiting to go off, Mike, Anthony Edwards, finally. Uh, you know, it's just felt like it was a series for this guy to have a big or a big series. Um, slow game one, but he was damn good in game two. What were your thoughts on the Anthony Edwards side of the performance? I, I think that's what we were thinking that, he needed to do and we were thinking we'd see that a little more um again is he gonna is this just gonna be a one and done show like sweet game two he went off um still got the loss though yeah i don't know um well cat cat's gotta have more than 10 points like that's, come on that that to me is the main issue here like i think in, what's like, he averaging in the series 11 get out of here if against Jokic. I mean, or Aaron Gordon, I guess, whoever may be guarding him. But uh, Anthony Edwards scoring 40 is great. But you, you just said, if Cat's doing that, then you guys have no chance. Jamie, your thoughts on the Anthony Edwards performance and the lack of help he got, especially in another name, Rudy Gobert, 12 points. 12 yeah, we, points, three rebounds. Three. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Man. With those. Oh, those sorry. Numbers. I'm all. Oh. Hold on, no, no, no. I'm yeah, looking at Torian Prince. I'm sorry. He had 19 and 8. My bad. And eight. My bad. And I was about was to shit my pants. Better. And he was actually the only he was plus four. He was the only guy um that wasn't negative in the game for them. <laughs> and it's not like he, you know, played phenomenal. But I mean yeah, Anthony Edwards, um, we've been waiting for it and he showed up and I hope to see more of it. Um quick shout out to the Denver bench though. Um, Jeff Green and Bruce Brown, both over plus 15, um, by far the most in the game. Um, and that's what I think the 
what slept on still with Denver, and it's it's their bench. They got a lot of guys that can come in, play valuable minutes, and perform at a very high level. They have two guys, or the, sorry, they have six guys plus ten or over on average in plus minus in the first two games. Huge stat for them. Obviously, thirty point game swings that a little bit, but with that being said, um, just the fact that they have the depth of that many guys being that good, that efficient. Um, obviously sets the tone for the series as we I'm starting to feel like this guys is going to be a short series, especially if I'm getting this kind of Jamal Murray one. I did not expect. Let's get into our last couple ones. Um, the Bucks in the heat. Giannis doesn't play. They make a million threes. I think 25 for 49 is the number ties a playoff record. Um, damn fellas. I, I mean, I, I don't know. The Heat, I mean, I, the thing I want to talk about with the Heat is I just want to, I don't understand how Jimmy Butler is like this like 20, top 25 player in the NBA during the regular season. But man, as soon as the playoff hits, he's he's just been absolutely phenomenal. Um, but the supporting cast has not. Kind of a similar story to the Anthony Edwards game last night. But this has kind of been the trend so far this postseason with uh, Jimmy. They did win game one, but the Tyler Hero absence really took a shot out of that offense if you guys watch it at all. I know they scored 125 in the end, um, but it, this game was not close as the score may have indicated. I think it was a 30-point game at halftime. Uh, your thoughts, Jamie, on the Heat or anything that's going on in this series? Um, but yeah, that's kind of where the storylines lie. I mean, plain and simple, they're better without Giannis, right? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No. Trade Giannis. Jamie's <laughs> on the trade Giannis trade. No, I mean the Bucks did what they're they're capable of. They got another one of these teams that have a deep roster, and they got a lot of shooters, and they were shooting. Um, yep. Not too much about this game, other than yeah, Jimmy Butler is still that dude. Uh, that they just don't have enough enough around them to um, to get past this this juggernaut without their best player that just almost broke a record. Well, um, I guess you didn't break a record if you tied it, right? Yeah, you know who else is back, yeah. Mike? You know who else is back and shooting it well and playing well? My guy Jingles. How we feeling about Jingles' performance last night? 17 off the bench, a couple big pull-up threes. Well, no, I'm not. They weren't big, but they were sure fun. That's why That's why you get him, right? For nothing, right? I believe they got him for like a second-round pick. Yeah. Oh, they did sign him. They signed him on the uh, minimum. Yeah. Um, Insane. So just to go back to my point that I said last pod is like i think when you if you knew you weren't going to have Giannis this game you can prep a whole lot more and you know it just made more sense rather than him just going mid-game and kind of throws off a lot of stuff so that was definitely on display and then reggie miller i think said the what was it Giannis the bucks losing Giannis doesn't hurt as much as hero losing the heat and i think he got a lot of heat no pun intended for that um, but it kind of makes sense that the Bucks have a better team. I mean, if you have all these guys performing at where they need to versus Jimmy Butler virtually doing it by himself, it's just not going to happen. And then you take away Hero, then yeah, it's going to look ugly. But I don't know. Mike, Mike, give yourself some credit next time. Just just, just slide in pun intended. Don't get, drop the knot. Let it be good, man. It was, it was perfect. That worked yeah. out. It worked out perfect. Yeah, yeah Jamie I mean, laughing. It was just didn't want to, you know. Didn't want to overstep anything. <laughs> no, um, he did take heat for that. And someone said it in one of my group texts. And I was kind of like, I don't know, man. Right. Like Tyler Hero is a very streaky guy. It's not like Tyler Hero is the most consistent out there shooting it. Um, he's had his woes and Miami fans have had their qualms with Tyler Hero. Um, but last night, man, they just didn't really have anyone that could get their own shot off the perimeter. They tried to play Duncan Robinson a bit in the first quarter. That didn't work. Um, they just really couldn't find anything. I mean, I, we know Struess, he had a, the big game one, uh, went back down to earth for game two. Um, just final thoughts here. And Jamie, I'll start here with you. Is this series over in five or can Miami get one of these games in Miami? Jamie. I'm going to go six. Um, I know it was an absolute domination last night, but I feel like this veteran Heat squad will at least be able to squeeze one more out, especially the way Jimmy's playing. Like, anything's anything's possible with him. Mike, your, 
your your prediction here? Or, well, do you think this is over in five, I should say? Uh, I'm not going to go five. I'll probably lean six with Jamie, especially I don't really know 100% Giannis's status. And even if he's playing and not 100%, they might look to rest him just a bit more, and that may lead to a game where the, the Heat pick up and, and catch one. So I still go, yeah, Bucks and six. Yep. I, I'd probably lean towards Bucks in five. I felt pretty good about what I got, and I think Drew Holiday's name kind of goes slept on at times um and i just think he is good enough to kind of match what jimmy will do for the heat i think drew can be that guy for the bucks without Giannis. um Giannis got upgraded to questionable right before the game so everyone thought he was going to play so i would assume that means we probably see him in game three um yet to be determined though let's roll into the final series where it's just the shellacking fellas I think the Hawks are just like ready to, for the year to be over with. Like, um, obviously, you're excited to make the playoffs, but I think when you get beat this bad, like these two teams don't even look like they're close, and you have like it makes you wonder like how the hell how the hell did the Hawks even get to the point to uh, play this Boston team. Um, I think the biggest takeaway for me is just Derek White has outplayed Trey up, and that it's to me it's just that simple. He's blocking a shot. Like, he's just I don't know. Trey Young is. The whole Trey Young circus is really going to be uh, at the peak this summer with the potential of him being traded. Uh, what's he even worth? And who knows? Because if Derek White, if you can get a guy like Derek White who can outperform Trey Young, I mean, that just tells you enough about the series as it is. As Derek White's probably maybe the fourth or fifth best player on the Celtics team. Mike, your thoughts on the series? Yeah, I think you said it. Um, it's looking like the Hawks season might be done. I'm ready for the Hawks season to be done. <laughs> I'm sick of kind of watching their underwhelming performances. Uh, Celtics are just a better team. It's on full display. Trey Young is uh, an efficient, an inefficient nightmare, I, I would say, or an inconsistent nightmare. So that's really all I have. This this Celtics should get out of this sweep. Worry about the next round. Breaking news before we get to your point here, Jamie. James Harden is ejected for sack tapping Royce O'Neal. Um, <laughs> Stop it. No, I'm dead Stop. serious. The Nets, the Nets, I'm telling you right now, he was uh, dribbling, um, yeah, trying to create space, yeah. and yeah, tapped him in the uh, junk, and he, uh, he got sent to the locker room, Jamie. Early shower. <laughs> Early shower. Maybe this is, hey, maybe Brooklyn gets this one done. All right, Jamie, wrong you're... balls, man. Wrong ball. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, this this series is pretty much been a snooze fest, man. Um, like I predicted, uh, the Celtics are just absolutely dominating the Atlanta Hawks from every statistic in the games. Um, they're like you said, their third, fourth best player is better than Atlanta's supposedly superstar so um it really hasn't been much of much of a a series so far and i predict more more of that and it's probably going to be a sweep yeah <laughs> yeah i don't think it's far-fetched to say this one's uh done in four um i i just would have to assume we like i'm not saying they like noticeably quit but they're it's over it's over i i think it's it could get rough they're going to give them a game in game three, but I think if they're down 3-0, they're just going to shut the shut the engine off for game four. Um, any final comments on the series, guys? Not this one, no. Are there any final comments on anything that we have missed? There's been a ton, so if we've missed something, feel free to shout it out. If not, uh, we can definitely start wrapping this up. Gary Payton is out for tonight. Gary Payton second. I believe is Jordan Poole playing. Doesn't he have like a ankle issue bothering him? Haven't seen anything. I haven't seen him play in the first two games. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's got destroyed. Bad. He's got he's destroyed in the media. Everyone's taking the shot at Jordan Poole right now. Yeah. Yep. And deservingly so. Hey, he um, just got paid. Doesn't look man. good. He just got paid. Could be the reason why they don't have Draymond Green on their roster next year. It's a good point. That's a good one. Is there 
Anything else here? I'm all set, I think. Let's shut her down, fellas. Jamie, get us started. Yes, sir. Um, game twos are done. Um, now time for game threes. Um, go Lakers. Thanks for the views. Keep it up. Appreciate you. Michael. Yep. Pivotal game threes. Um, thanks, everyone, for the support. Clearly, we can't even go through uh, one podcast without drama happening with somebody getting ejected. So that's this is the NBA. This is the NBA playoffs. It's truly been something every night so far in the playoffs. It's been super exciting, though. A um, couple, few close series. It feels like some of these series are going to go down to the wire. We appreciate you guys for your continued support. Appreciate you, Mike and Jamie, for making it. Um, right now, we still don't have a solid scheduled. We are going to keep working through it and hopefully find a way where we can come up with a solid schedule to keep you guys in the loop. But keep checking for us. Um, we are going to keep coming out with these every three or four days. Keep you guys in the loop for anything that you miss. Um, can't wait to see how this postseason continues to go it seems like we have something new every night so can't wait to catch up with you guys on the next episode peace out thank you for listening to the nothing but net nba podcast be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts nothing but net